from the studio in Nitro, West Virginia. This is Unreasonable Down. It's a podcast about West Virginia University basketball. I'm Josh Witt. This was the 28th episode of the... <laughs> Hello! From the studio in Nitro, West Virginia, this is Unreasonable Down. It's a podcast about West Virginia University basketball. I'm Josh Witt. This was West Virginia's 28th game of the season. It was against the Kansas State Wildcats. And I got to admit... The first half of the Kansas State game is what I thought the first half of the Iowa State game would be. You know what I mean? Like a rough, oh, this absolutely looks like a team that hasn't won a road game, and what are they playing for? Effort. West Virginia down 22 at the half. Kansas State certified not good at shooting threes for the season. Very fair to throw a, a zone defense at a team that doesn't shoot the three very well. And Kansas State makes 11 of those in the first half. Prior to tonight, there were four games in Kansas State's entire season where they made more than 10 threes. They made 11 in 20 minutes, and they were up 22. And we're in a familiar territory for the Mountaineers on the road. Texas flashbacks, TCU flashbacks. West Virginia is down 25 with a little under 14 minutes left or around 14 minutes left. Josh Eilert calls a timeout. And then something happened. Very strange. Not something we've seen a ton of as far as a, a long and sustained run. And without having any context and just looking at this game, you'd say, all right, the team at home that made 11 threes in a season where they've done that four times in an entire game, they're going to come back to earth. But West Virginia, when another team comes back to earth, would have to do a sustained run. And again, without context, you'd say, all right, they can make a run, maybe get back into this one. But if you include the context, when has West Virginia made a long, sustained run? I mean, they were down 10 in Hilton, and it felt monumental that the team came back to take the lead midway through that second half. But it's not down 25, right? But one Raekwon battle, whatever movie reference you want to do here, you could go Neo in the Matrix. You could go The Last Dragon, Bruce Leroy. He's got the glow. Those are my only two references. But he just, he went, the, like the eyes rolled in the back of his head, and he just went off. There was a drive down the lane where Raekwon Battle dunked the ball, and I feel like he could have dunked an 11-foot rim, 12-foot rim, whatever. It felt like his head was at the top of the backboard. And that is momentum. He built off of that 11-foot rim dunk. He scored 16 points in the six minutes after West Virginia went down 25. And so seven and a half minutes left, Kansas State, the lead is only 11. Then Kirk Kreese gets to the rim. Then Seth Wilson, who's been gone for three games, he's back. He makes an open three. JoJo gets a put back. Quinn makes a three. Quinn Selinski. Are you familiar with the work of Quinn Selinski? <laughs> Josh Eilert, the interim coach after Bob Higgins. 
the, the Hall of Fame career of Bob Higgins. And then you got Quinn Selinski out there. He makes a baseline floater tie ball game from down 25 to tied up. And then K-State misses a three. Uh, and then West Virginia gets the ball on the next possession. And Kirk Creasa hits a three. West Virginia's up three with two minutes left. And they're up four with a minute left. That's a pretty good place to be up four with a minute left. Up any with a minute left. Up any when you're 9 and 18 on the road or wherever with two minutes left. Excuse me. Up four, one minute left. Kansas State's next possession, they shoot an air ball three that, of course, gets caught not by a West Virginia player, but a Kansas State player. He goes up, makes the shot. West Virginia up two. All right. All right. Nothing. We're not. This is not. That happens, right? Next possession, Quinn Selinski does the exact same thing as the guy on the other side of the court for Kansas State did. He shoots an air ball three. Same thing happens where a, a Mountaineer catches it. But instead of putting it up and in, Jesse Edwards gets fouled going up, misses both free throws. All right. That's it. That's something that a nine and 18 team does that a guy who still has a bandage on his wrist does Kansas state comes down. Creasa gets called for a ticky tack foul. Not going to get into the refereeing tonight. It's only going to make me mad. And Kansas state's best free throw shooter makes two free throws tie game. 15 seconds left. You're not losing. You have the ball. There's 15 seconds left. You get it over half court. You don't call a timeout. You have one timeout. You have an assistant coach mimicking, I don't think, to anybody, just to himself. Here's a spot to call a timeout. Set something up. That doesn't happen. Raekwon Battle, face guarded, doesn't touch the ball in the last possession. Kerr shoots a contested shot, air ball, overtime. And you go to overtime on the road for the second time this season. Is that right? No. I'm getting it confused with the women's team. <laughs> they actually did this in the same building. Both the men and the women went to Kansas State and went to overtime and lost. That's on me. On the men's side, I don't know what the women's coach's record is in overtime. Jerome Tang... This is not hyperbole. He doesn't lose in overtime. He's like 11-0, 12-0. The last number is important. The man at Kansas State has never lost an overtime game. And that continues, and West Virginia's uh, losing streak away from Morgantown continues, and, and we're running out of opportunities. There's really just one last chance to win a, a true road win. And that'll be at Cincinnati in the season finale. And then you get a chance to win outside of the Coliseum when you go to Kansas City for the Big 12 tournament. Just a wild night for a team that if you win the game, you get the 10 wins. So it doesn't really move the needle. If you lose, it's expected. That first half was terrible. Kansas State did feel like they made everything. Some, a lot of those were open shots, I would argue. But at this point, all you can ask for is a team to not visibly quit. And they did not. 
and now you're down to four chances to get to that uh, only for me important 10th win of the season. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right. I'm late to the game, but when Mike Kazaza brings out his hot board, that's my signal that I'm comfortable talking about on this podcast potential candidates for who's going to be the next WVU men's head basketball coach. So Mike has one. Brad Smith had one. USA Today had a list. ESPN has a list. Friend of the show, Curry Hicks Sage. He mentioned some names on this podcast in December. The names that you're going to find on these lists are going to be, uh, some of them are very similar. Some new names in in different ones. The guy who gets hired, and it's most likely, I feel very confident it's going to be a guy. He might not be on any of these hot board lists. It may be out of the woodwork, but I'm going to take from these lists the names I want to talk about. I'm going to rank those names in tiers. And the guys that I mention as I go through these, I wouldn't mind any of these guys being the next head basketball coach. But this is one man's opinion. I've got plenty of caveats before I go into this. Everyone is allowed to have their favorites. These are my favorites. I have no inside knowledge. I'm only going by reading the hot boards and listening on Twitter spaces, potential names. And I'm watching every game this season. I haven't finished every game, but I've started every game this season. I want West Virginia to win the Big 12 tournament and make the NCAA tournament and win the, the, the NCAA tournament this season. If you ask me, would I want those things to happen? I would say yes. And if all that happens, then that really throws a wrench in the hot boards because I want to give you a spoiler alert. Um, Not all the hot boards, and I think this is an exception to the rule, has current interim head coach Josh Eilert on it. And this is also a rare bird to see former head coach Bob Huggins on a list of potential candidates. So those are spoiler alerts. And really anybody from the Bob Huggins coaching tree, that's a rare bird to see on a coaching list, a potential list. So let's go through the tiers. The first tier is the Chris Beard tier. And it's called the Chris Beard tier, not because Chris Beard is in it. Chris Chris Beard is not on my list. 
But Indiana State's head coach, Josh Schertz, is in this first tier. He plays a fun brand of basketball. That's not really Chris Beard's thing. I'll, I'll get to the Chris Beard correlation here in a second. Robbie Avilia, is that Avilia? Avilia? He would be, uh, look him up, the center for Indiana State. If he came to Morgantown, he would be treated like royalty. Josh Schertz is in the Chris Beard category because he's new to Division One. He's, he's in his third season at Indiana State. That's his Division One resume. Chris Beard had one year at Little Rock. He had, he had plenty of experience before getting to the Division I level, but he had one awesome season at Little Rock before going to Texas Tech and getting to the national championship game in his third season in Lubbock. So Josh Schertz is the closest name to that where very little D1 experience. Most likely West Virginia could be looking for more experience. I don't even know if Josh Schertz would be interested in coming to Morgantown. If West Virginia hired Josh Schertz, it could be awesome. My guess is that West Virginia is looking for more experience. And in the Big 12, Josh Schertz, not a big offensive rebound guy. His metrics don't scream. Uh, shut you down defense. And so thus, it might be a tough sell as making the list. But he makes my list. He's in the Chris Beard tier. The second tier is the Joe Gibbs tier. And that is reserved for a coach who's coached at WVU before that's not Bob Huggins, and it's not Gail Catlett. It's John Beeline. And going back to Mike's reporting in June, Beeline had an offer to coach this season with a substantial amount of money, and it just didn't get done. But like they, they flew to Michigan where Beeline's at, and it just didn't happen. Beeline is coming to a, a, a Mac event later this year. So obviously they're still talking. And John Beeline got West Virginia University basketball up to a level where Bob Huggins could take the job and get West Virginia to the Final Four in 2010 with a mix of, of Huggins players and Beeline's players. Outside of the 2010 run, the two... NCAA tournament seasons for John Beeline at WVU with that style and those players. It's the most fun I've had watching West Virginia University basketball. It's the most fun. Those that 05 and 06 team, 05, 06, and then the 04, 05 team, those runs, double overtime win over Wake Forest, Overtime away from going to the Final Four. Heartbreaking loss to Texas in the Sweet 16. With <laughs> pit snuggle with pot, pot, you know, it, I, it probably wasn't broken, but in the moment felt like a broken nose, hitting a three to tie it up. Thought the ball would bounce their way, it didn't. But that was, though, that style of basketball is much more beautiful than Huggins style. And it's, it's, and it's the most fun I've had. I love the beeline experience. And so all that can be true. And I can say that I don't know if that's a forward thinking hire. I could a hundred percent talk myself into John beeline being the coach again. It wouldn't take long and it'd be fairly easy. I have some questions about recruiting who you could get in. 
long term. Uh, Beeline 72 makes me thinking about the presidential election this year. I don't want to get into that. I just did. All right, so that's that tier. The next tier, I'm going to call sentimentally the trust the climb tier. <laughs> just because I think trust the climb is hilarious and has, has been quite the experience on the football side. But this is the trust the climb tier. There's a number of coaches that uh, have have a Division I resume, and it would make sense for the top line of their resume currently to be the head coach of WVU. Solid, qualified candidates. I'd, I'm going to rank these by, by my least preferred to most preferred. Starting with Mark Byington, he's 26-3 and three at James Madison. His defenses create turnovers. It's it's kind of out of the blue, this 26-win season, but it's not like he's been a bad coach before this year. Mark Byington's on that list. Dusty May, obviously we remember him taking Florida Atlantic University to the Final Four last season. Prior to that run, you know, four middle-of-the-road, uh, like, Average seasons for Dusty May before breaking out last year. This year he's 21 and seven with the same team and, and they, and they stepped up in conference and they have non-conference wins over Arizona, Butler, Texas A&M. This is a really good team. And Dusty May has put two good seasons in a row. I, it seems like he's high on WVU's list. Guess what? I bet he's going to be high on other Power Six job openings. Like D Dusty May is high on everybody's list. So I, I have a hard time seeing May being the head coach because of the whole uh, you're not the only suitor. And somebody could, somebody could drop a, a heavier, more substantial bag than what WVU may be able to to drop for Dusty May. Pat Kelsey, he's on lists. He's won, he won consistently in, in 10 seasons at Winthrop. Last season, he won 31 games at the College of Charleston, or, is, or were they Charleston University? I don't know what they're called. His team shoot a ton of threes. They hit the offensive rebounds. They're a fun watch. He seems like a fun coach. Nico Medved at Colorado State, 420 win seasons. His offense, you watch Colorado State play offense, and it's going to give you beeline era flashbacks. Does that work in the Big 12? I have concerns, but when you say, I know a guy who could give you beeline era flashbacks, he's on my list. And then Dustin Kearns, which is the top of the trust of the, <laughs> he's the top of the trust of climb list for me, Dustin Kearns because Frank Young is one of his assistant coaches. Uh, WVU beeline legend, Frank Young. NIT champ, Frank Young. His Appalachian State team, Dustin Kearns, is in the driver's seat to win the Sun Belt Championship. James Madison is in that conference. They only have three losses. Appalachian State gave James Madison two of those three losses. And Dustin Kearns' team this season... I watched them. I watched the Marshall game over the weekend. 
wasn't impressed with the offense, but the defense is stingy and they don't foul. That's a good combination. So that's the <laughs> that's the trust the climb tier. And that gets us to the fifth and final tier. I'm going to call this tier the wild card tier. Two names. Uh, one is Chris Mack. And just Google Chris Mack Louisville. Or just Google Chris Mack. But that dude's resume, if you take out the last season of Louisville, you'd say, yes, let's get this guy. He was amazing over a long period of time at Xavier. And then prior to that last season at Louisville, he was great at Louisville. But if you've already Googled Chris Mack, then you understand that the problem here is you can't unsee that last season. And then whatever you Googled is involved in that last season at Louisville. Like you can't unsee it or can you maybe WVU can get past that. He's been out of division one basketball for a couple of seasons now. Ready to jump back in. Hey, like you could just hit the ground running once West Virginia finishes their season. You don't have to wait for these guys who have a job. Uh, Chris Mack, no job, uh, no Division One job, can easily jump in and, and get going. And then the other guy, the other guy in the wild card tier is Will Wade. Will Wade has plenty of Division One experience. He has no losing seasons. Everywhere, everywhere he's went as a head coach, he wins. This season, he's at McNeese State, which is like the lowest rung of Division I basketball. He made a video where he rode a horse <laughs> and wore a bandana, went into a saloon, dropped the bandana that was over his mouth. The caption referred to him as Willie the Kid. Find that on the internet. That Will Wade video, that video alone puts Will Wade at the top of my wish list. Anybody that would do that video and is good at coaching basketball, that's my guy. He's 25-3 and three at McNeese State. One minor issue that puts Will Wade in the wild card section, Google Will Wade show clause. And you can do that at your own leisure and look that up. And that's why Will Wade is in the wild card category. Those are my tiers. Five tiers. How many names did I give you? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine guys. Um, if I had a short list, I could drop that from nine to six. And my short list would be Will Wade at the top, Willie the Kid. <laughs> at the top of my hot board. Uh, and then any of the guys in the trust of the climb tier would be a close second. So that's six guys short list for me. Read all the hot boards, listen to all the Twitter spaces. Do you have hot board takes? Who do you think should be the next guy? You need to go on the Smoking Musket Discord. If you're not there, sign up. It's easy to do. Even I can do it. You jump into the basketball channel and just share your hot board takes, read other people's takes. It's going to be all consuming in the Discord channel and outside of that for me until the new guy is hired.
Unreasonable Doubt is under the Smoking Musket umbrella. Have you been on the Smoking Musket Discord? There's a link to the Discord in the show notes. You click on that, you enter the Smoking Musket Discord, and it's got channels, like TV. But these channels is where you type stuff in, and people who are in the Discord can read what you type in. And it can be about WVU basketball, WVU football, the other sports, sports outside of college, television, movies, degenerate gambling, just naming channels. All sorts of good stuff in the Smoking Musket Discord. It's definitely a cool place to interact with other WVU fans. Click on the link, check it out, go to smokingmusket.com, listen to West by Pod, do all the things under the Smoking Musket umbrella. Smoking Musket. The next game for WVU is Saturday, 6 p.m., ESPN2. The Mountaineers come back home to the Coliseum to play for the only time this regular season, the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Texas Tech is doing well this season. They're 19-8 and as of this recording. They beat Kansas by 29 a couple of weeks ago, and they just lost this weekend in Orlando to, to Central Florida by 14. So that's, that's a lot to process, right? Pop Isaac still plays for them and is still good at basketball. Joe Toussaint plays for them. You remember that guy. He played for WVU last season. He is now with Texas Tech. He's having a great final season, not at West Virginia. Texas Tech, under Grant McCasland, they play slow. They shoot lots of threes. They make lots of threes. They don't foul. McCasland doesn't have the defense where he wants it yet. Will Joe Toussaint follow in Jalen Bridges' footsteps of being undefeated in the Coliseum, wearing not a Mountaineer jersey? Or will West Virginia University break through and get to 10 wins? And can they, you know, can they can they make the plane out of the last two second halves? If you can, that would be the perfect plane. <laughs> Okay, I shouldn't say that. Most of the second half at Iowa State and most of the second half in Manhattan. Make the plane out of that. Make the plane out of the 38-9 to run or whatever West Virginia had to do tonight to go from down 25 to up four with a minute left. Do that and do that over 40 minutes. Can you do that against Texas Tech? We shall see. If they lose West Virginia, then that's 20 losses. And that stinks. But that's probably going to happen, right? So it goes. That's it for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. Listen on all the platforms or just pick one. Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, Overcast Podcasts, Pocket Cast Podcasts, YouTube. Until next time, I'm Josh Witt. WVU for the 2023-2024 season. They have nine wins, and they have 19 losses.
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.